I love it. I love meeting other people. I'm always asking questions and I feel inspired by other people as well. So for me, talking to people actually helps my learning. Uh, you learn a lot more from others, um, definitely. That's for sure. Hello and welcome back to Series 4 of the Smile Revolution podcast. I'm Victoria Wilson, a dental therapist. This podcast is created for you, the dental profession, all around the world to inspire you in your career through the content shared by the wonderful interviewees. The poignant dental professional I had the pleasure of interviewing for this recording is Laura McLoon, who qualified from King's in 2005 and has certainly had a very dynamic, varied career path since qualifying. On today's show, she speaks about her career path to date and what she has learnt along the way and how her choice of a master's has impacted her professionally and as a person. I hope you have so much fun listening to this podcast as we really did in recording it. Laura will certainly feed you with inspiration. Through listening to our conversation, I hope you learn, gain inspiration and ideas for furthering your career path. Now, supporting oral health promotion to achieve oral health for all. Throughout this series, we will continue to share content on how to open doors of opportunity. And in support of this, it's now my time to share everything I have learned in running the Smile Revolution with you. And I've released a five-week course entitled Launching an Oral Health Promotional Project and Business. So join me and launch your own oral health promotional project too. The link to my course can be found on the website. If you felt the strain of the last months as I have and are searching for some dedicated you time, supporting your well-being as a dental professional in the comfort of your own home, you can now join me for Smile Revolution Yoga, running online every week. Details on the website. So, Laura, welcome on to the Smile Revolution podcast. It is really so exciting to have you on the show after speaking to you last week and seeing what you've been doing um, amongst social media and working with Philip. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. Thanks so much for inviting me, Victoria. Actually, it's a real pleasure. I'm absolutely honoured to be talking to someone, especially talk to anyone at the moment under the current (laughs) circumstances. Yes, I know. Working from home, going a little stir crazy. Podcasts can go out at any time throughout the year, but whilst we are recording this, we are in isolation. So, if anything, it's I think it's a perfect time to be recording as many podcasts and providing as much content for our listeners as possible because we do have so much time on our hands. So, yeah. Absolutely. Now I'm excited. What better way to spend our Tuesday morning? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a very nice Tuesday morning actually here where I am. It's actually quite cloudy. Yeah. So it's a bit miserable, not very inspirational. So I'm hopefully I can lift the mood a little bit, lift our spirit. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, the sun has left us for a few days, but it will be back. <laughs> so, Laura, I just want to just run through your career really so far. Um, you qualified from King's in 2005. 
five. And um, how did the first five years of your working life unfold? Well, um, basically, it was quite difficult. I'm going to be brutally honest here. Um, you learn so much at dental school. You learn all your clinical skills and everything like that. But no one really teaches you how to survive out in practice. So I joined a, a large corporate. I joined, I took on an employed role which was quite a nice thing to do at the time because I did have quite a lot of support and I didn't have to worry about the financial aspects, things like that being salaried. But it was tough because you're stuck in a surgery by yourself. I was working five days a week, doing a late night, no one really to turn to. So you kind of learn as you go along. And, and thankfully, I'm quite headstrong. I'm quite good at kind of uh, self-motivating. So I did just learn the hard way, unfortunately. Um, I was thinking when you asked me this the other day, I was thinking about um, things that happened to me when I was out in practice. And, and it's amazing what you remember. There was one particular incident. There was a dentist that actually always used to be quite strict on us. And I felt quite sorry for myself because I was newly qualified. There was a patient who I'd left the teeny tiny weeny bit of calculus on a lower left seven. And she actually told the patient and the patient actually had to have a free scaling appointment. And I can remember I was absolutely mortified from that. So from then on, I was a little bit kind of nervous about leaving stuff behind and didn't really want to approach anyone. So for me, little incidents like that, like I said, where I learned the hard way and learned how to deal with other members of the dental team, still stick with me. And that was um, sort of 15 or so years ago now as well. But I've had many, many positive experiences. I've worked... Um, lots of different practices with lots of different um, principals and other members of the team. And I've loved it. And I think I really found my feet after about five years and really felt that I had a lot to give back to the profession. And, and thankfully, my patients liked me, which is always Oh, <laughs> of course. But it's always be nice to the patients. <laughs> oh, of course. And, you know, but I think as well from, you know, we all have, I think, moments within our career that maybe made us feel slightly uncomfortable uncomfortable but the key is taking that on as a positive and learning from it and embracing it like I I couldn't imagine how you would have felt when that happened to you what the dentist said I mean very awkward but I guess it then allows you to maybe be a bit more assertive um and also have that conversation with the clinician um about ways to maybe overcome this in the future rather than exposing yourself to how you felt at that time yeah, definitely I think because I was so young when I qualified as well I was only 21 so I really lacked in my confidence has obviously has grown so much from then and I think yeah, that was quite difficult, um, not having that kind of support network and anyone to kind of go to, other than my family that I used to moan about it. But yeah, definitely always reach out to someone, reach out to your peers or um, your profession or a kind of like societies, because there are people that have had experienced this as well and just kind of reach out and get support from them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And how soon would you say after qualifying, did you really recognise that you really needed to reach out to people? Probably. Um, it got to about seven or eight years afterwards. I was quite, like I said, I'm quite headstrong. I was sort of get my head down and get on with it and just kind of think, right, I know what I'm doing. I can do this. But it started to become quite isolating and quite lonely after a while. And I thought, where can I go? Where can I actually start moving from this and talking to other people? So joining BSDHT, obviously, um, as it was before, it wasn't BSDHT. It was um, the Hygiene Association by itself. But um yeah, joining societies and just knowing that there was other people going to regional group meetings, um, actually other people. And you soon realise 
all hygienists and all therapists, we all feel exactly the same. We've all yes. experienced yes. exactly the same. And it's not until talking to other people, you're like, oh my God, that happened to you as well. And like, oh, it, you laugh about it because you can actually relate. And that was really, really nice actually to join a society like that and know that you're not alone at the end of the day. Nobody is alone. And it is that assurance of speaking to people and hearing from people like yourselves today on the podcast that I hope certainly, and I know is reassuring listeners, hence they keep listening and, you know, asking for more, which is, is so important. And um, yeah, it's helped me hugely throughout my career. I don't know where I would be today if it wasn't for all the colleagues that I've worked alongside, not directly, but maybe reaching out to and collaborating with. I just don't know where I would be. <laughs> it's, it's contributed to me in such a huge way. And so you said about seven, eight years, you started, you know, reaching out to other colleagues. And then were you, when were you looking for maybe other opportunities? other than just working within practice? I think I kind of honed my clinical skills quite well because you, it is quite repetitive. You are doing the same things over and over again. Um, I just wanted a little bit more. I wanted to have a little bit more maybe status is, is probably the word to use. Really something behind me that I could actually approach um, those higher up in the, in the dental world and actually show that I actually had something to offer. So um, I was actually at one of the regional group meetings, um, the Southeast BSDHT group and I met a lady called Debbie Reed. She's now Dr. Debbie Reed. Um, right. She's a dental nurse and she's actually works in education now as well. She's absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal inspiration. But she um basically convinced me to, to start this master's qualification. And I've always loved learning and wanted to improve myself and kind of like always curious, but even as a child, very, very curious, always asking lots of ridiculous questions, much to my parents. Um, delight at the end of the day but yeah I met with her and she told me about the course um, at the University of Kent and, and I enrolled and, and literally I'm just about to finish this year which I'm quite sad about but it's probably been the best thing I've ever done to be honest and it, you don't realize people say well why are you doing a master's qualification is it going to bring you any more income are you going to get paid anymore but for me it's worth so much more than that it's personal development you're going to meet new people you're going to learn stuff and you're going to develop and, and enjoy Basically, for me, I went from feeling deflated and frustrated in my career to actually truly inspired and actually wanted to make a change and actually do more within the profession. So it was quite an exciting time. Difficult, but um, exciting. <laughs> well, I'm sure without any change in personal growth, of course, there are going to be challenges. You can't avoid it along the way. But, you know, I think that is the beauty of the growth, isn't it? And <laughs> listeners out there, I mean... Who doesn't want more? Um, and <laughs> I think typically in other professions, we've got to think that, yes, it would maybe mean um, a promotion or something like that. But being very mindful of the fact that, that there maybe aren't these opportunities currently now within promotion within dental hygiene, by doing masters, furthering education like you were doing, you are then able to carve a different career path and maybe open more doors and get that promotion in the long run that maybe we're none of us are aware of at this point when we're having this conversation now. Definitely. I mean, I didn't realise how much it was going to change my career. I just thought, oh, at the end of it, I'll have a really good qualification, a little bit more status and a bit more standing. But 
it's so much more than that. Like you said, it opens doors without you even realizing it. Each year, each month, something different has happened to me. And I've kind of, it's enhanced my career definitely and made me love my profession even more, which is really, really exciting too. Amazing. I mean, what would be, you've already said, you know, there's been a lot of change, but what have been, if you had to pinpoint the highlights um, of what you've personally gained through doing the masters, what would they be? Number one has to be confidence. Um, I really know what I'm capable of now. And I actually feel like sometimes when I write stuff and I write articles and I talk to people, I actually think, is this me? Like, I don't understand who this new person is. It's quite different to kind of get used to this. But you learn so much and my confidence and my growth and just, yeah, definitely confidence number one all the way for all aspects of my life as well. I mean, who would have thought I'd be able to stand up in front of sort of 50 people and deliver a presentation? Um, whereas before it's always just one-to-one um, on a patient basis so for me confidence self-growth everything like that it's been phenomenal what would advice would you give to other colleagues listening that are maybe interested in doing a master's I mean you're doing your master's at Kent University with Debbie Reed. yeah um what advice would you give to others interested in maybe doing a master's Go to the university, meet them or talk to other students. I know I can put you in touch with plenty of people that have done the course and and tell you what they're up to now. The structure for the master's, it's basically, it's called Advanced and Specialist Healthcare Applied Dental Professional Practice. So it's a little bit of a mouthful, that one. Um, (laughs) It's non-clinical. It's basically looking at interprofessional working skills, collaboration, professional standard settings, research skills. So it's quite broad. Um, It's also set in modules as well. So you can also sign up and actually each year you could leave with the um, postgraduate certificate or a diploma or the actual final master's. So try it, do a couple of modules. They even do standalone um, modules as well um, as CPD. So if you don't like it, you've got nothing to lose and you've gained university credits at the end of the day. But definitely talk to past students, talk to the people at Centre Professional Practice down at the University of Kent, we'd all love to speak to you and, and let you know how amazing it actually is. Well, Laura's contact details will be below. So if anybody is interested to find out more, do get in touch with Laura. And I mean, from when it came to doing your dissertation, you briefly mentioned speak, you've learned about interpersonal skills and skill mix and things like that. How did you come to decide what to do your dissertation on? I actually decided that fairly early on in um, probably the first couple of months of study. We were asked to bring a picture in um, of us in our clinical setting. So um, I'd love to share it with you right now, but it's not the most flattering picture. (laughs) I definitely want to see it. (laughs) Orange tunic, clashing, red chair. It was amazing. (laughs) It was basically a picture that showed you in your clinical setting. And, and what actually struck out to me, this picture, I'm by myself in a surgery, um, really happy. I love my clinical work, don't get me wrong, waiting for my patients to come and see me. And they said, think about one aspect of your clinical work that you'd like to change. And for me, it was almost kind of like, not like a light bulb moment, but it was dental nurse support and being alone. And the fact that I have never had in my whole sort of 15 year career, I've probably had chairside dental nurse assistance for about half a day. And it's got me thinking, why? Um, I've always just accepted that. And as I got um, further and further into my career, I got problems with my back and my shoulder. And I started to get increasingly stressed. And I thought, how much better would this be if I had 
another person in the surgery to support me, not just physically, but sort of emotionally as well, just to be more a part of a team. So that's how it kind of escalated. And from then, we sort of thought about that in the background, everything that we were doing, every module. But when it came to it, that was what I decided to do my dissertation on was basically um, it's titled and it's actually going to be hopefully published. I've just mm-hmm. finished it um, and just submitted it. It's titled The Experiences of Dental Hygienists Working With and Without Dental Nurse Support. So it's been really, really interesting. And, and lots of people, my participants in the research actually have said things that resonated with me, but also things that I didn't actually think about as well. So I mm. learned from them. that was how it kind of evolved. So watch out for this. <laughs> Will you let us know when it's published or published? Definitely, definitely. I'll let you know when it's been marked as well. <laughs> <laughs> Please uh, let, it, let, let it pass. That's all I want. Oh, I'm sure, Laurie, you'll be fine. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, such so interesting for all listeners. And I think any hygienist and therapist certainly listening who work with a dental nurse possibly feel, how did I work without one? And certainly I'm sure those that don't would equally like to have the opportunity to work. And I guess this could be utilised as um, evidence to support us working with a dental nurse. Hopefully. I mean, it was a very small group study. I only interviewed 12 participants, but actually BSDHT and Dr. Marina Harris at the University of Portsmouth have actually started a study as well. Um, looking at more of a survey-based study. So they've got some great data from that, from what I've heard. So we had a, a huge response. Thousands of hygienists actually came forward um, to, to contribute, which was really exciting. So that definitely, I think that will have a lot more impact than, than my study, but I'm sure it'll be an interesting read anyway. <laughs> well, jointly, you will have an impact in some way. So thank you for your work on this. And also serving us as a profession, because anything that is any research or any work that can support what we are doing helps us moving forward. And it's just knowing about this, isn't it? So It's all about raising the the profile of the profession, definitely, and just making us more in the public domain and making people more aware of us and just uniting us together, really, which um, is something that, that I like to work with as well. Yeah, absolutely. And which brings me on to, you're currently the chair of the BSDHT, is that correct? That is indeed Southeast Regional Group 2. It actually was my two-year anniversary um, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so well, a round of applause. Congratulations. <laughs> I survived. <laughs> so can I ask you, what has this brought to you, Laura, by being involved with BSDHT and being the chair? I love it. It, it is hard work. I'm not going to lie. When it comes up, we've got two study days to organise um, each year. The run-up the week's for that kind of collating everything together and, and putting on a really good study club is hard work. But I love it. I've met such interesting people, our speakers that come, really phenomenal people within the profession. I've met a lot of the members on the executive team as well. Um, we're all very normal. We're all like everyone else. We're all dental hygienists and therapists at the end of the day. So we've got that shared common um, common view and common belief. So it's been fantastic for me to, to learn from others and meet um, other like-minded individuals well it's been impacting yeah yeah well I can imagine but yeah like you say it's a lot of work but you've got a team that you work with you yes, can definitely. bounce off and how many people are in within your team within yourself? there's about there's five of us currently actually working so we've got secretaries we've got um trade liaisons 
So yeah, we all work. I'm actually due. I'm, I'm going to have to pester them soon and get a little Skype call on the go because I haven't actually we haven't had a little chat since our last regional meeting. So it'd be nice to see them all again. Perfect time yeah. to get that in while you're yeah. at home. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to hear about it here first. <laughs> well, yeah. Just so you know, we'll get this out before, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> um and. So you obviously you you were working or volunteering with for the BSDHT, and you were working in practice, and then an opportunity came up for you to work within Phillips. Yeah, that's right. And what is your current role within Phillips? Well, basically, Phillips created um, a new role um, a couple of years ago. They were looking more at working with dental professionals, so. We've got the dental professional education team, so I am one of those. There's five of us countrywide. We're split into different areas of the country. Um, we basically deliver education to other dental professionals um, on Sonicare products. So obviously, Philips products are Sonicare and Zoom, but also we've been really fortunate. They've kind of seen our potential because we're all dental professionals. There's hygienists, dental nurses, um, that we actually have a lot more to offer, and we're quite relatable to the dental professionals. Um, individuals so what we do we can actually create our own content on subjects and topics that we actually enjoy I was allowed to present um, my a little bit about my research on dental nurse assistance at, at a conference as well which was really exciting so yeah they've let us kind of run with our ideas and 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 just be quite creative which has been fantastic well, it's a perfect example of working with industry to support our advancements as a profession and integrating that um, within your work and also being, I guess, true to yourself as a clinician and delivering that through your role at yeah, Philips. Definitely. And you, you currently, um, you stepped away from practice, am I right, for a short time? Yeah, I did. I'm, while I was doing my master's, I'm, I only work four days a week for Philips and I'm my other day is actually supposed to be spent working in in general practice because I've still kept my registration I like I said I still love my clinical work I have not turned my back on um, being a hygienist I'm, I'm true to that 100% but when I was doing my master's the workload was quite a lot so um I was traveling a lot for Phillips as well so I just decided for about six months just to step back and focus on getting my dissertation um out of the way but um I'm I'm hoping to be starting a new clinical role um, when everything in dentistry goes back to normal uh, over the next couple of months. And I'm, I'm super, super excited because I've got a role with a dental nurse. Um, <laughs> fantastic, which I wouldn't probably have been able to negotiate um, without doing my master's and my research skills. So, yeah. Um, it got you what you me, wanted. Yeah, it complements very, very well. I get to, to promote um, oral health to other dental professionals and just support them, really. And it gives me that that kind of connection which I didn't have before when I was working by myself in general practice. Yeah well that's exciting as well to be returning to clinic hopefully yeah. and working <laughs> with a dental nurse which is is great and like you said you utilized your probably dissertation for the cause of you needing a dental nurse. How did you broach that um, in your interview? For me, it was a non-negotiable. Um, I, I think I would be a bit hypocritical if I went to practice and accepted a role without a dental nurse because I, I know what benefits it can actually bring. I've written the research on it as well. And I think it is just going to enhance. They're going to get a much happier hygienist 
um, and also a less stressed hygienist as well. So the patients had a benefit at the end of the day, but it was all really negotiating. Um, the guys that I'm going to be working for as well, they were quite impressed with the masters and the fact that I was really keen on personal development and CPD because a couple of them actually lecture at um, dental schools and hospitals. So they were quite impressed with the fact that I actually had gone out there and, and furthered my career and furthered my qualifications. So that also is another way the masters has brought me a really fantastic opportunity. Yeah, and I love what you've just said. It was non-negotiable. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And obviously having the confidence from your dissertation, all the work you've put in has given you that confidence, like you said, that the masters has brought you to say that. But imagine if so many of us felt that regarding the terms and conditions maybe we know that we need, but we just feel that we can't get. Imagine how much happier as a workforce. And probably we would achieve so much more if we did have that mindset about the things that we really know are valuable to us. Definitely. I mean, for me, it's 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 quite easy for me to to say, oh, I wouldn't accept a job because that isn't my full time role. My my role predominantly is at Phillips, and I'm very very fortunate to have a salaried position um, as well. So maybe if it, but before in the past when I was working full time, self employed in general practice, it might be more difficult. I appreciate it's difficult. We've got bills to pay. We've got mortgages yes. to pay. But it's important as a profession that we raise standards so that we accept that and we don't accept anything less than what we deserve, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think something definitely for us to take forward from this podcast today and listening to you, Laura, because it's important. It's very important. And you've got flexibility within Philips, I know. What does your typical working week look like? Well, um... Currently, <laughs> at home every day, looking at the world. No, um, I cover quite a broad area. I mean, it's quite a new project within Philips to have this presentation. And it's working out really well. Um, there's only five of us. So I am officially the London educator. However, I actually travel anywhere down to Bournemouth, the Isle of Wight, out to the Kent Coast, up Oxfordshire. So I'm responsible for a group of practices and actually delivering education within those practices on predominantly on our products, on our treatments, electronic so care and Zoom. Um, so every day is different. I'll be at a different area. I'll be speaking to different individuals, delivering education. So for me, there was a transitional period of work of being different from actually being in the same room every day, the um, same surgery. It was actually really um, nice to be out on the road and going to different areas. I've, I've learned about, so ge geographically, I've learned about loads of new places as well. <laughs> so, yeah, every day is different um, within, within the role. So I'm meeting lots of different individuals, spreading the messages, meeting and supporting everyone and, and people that I wouldn't normally get to meet just day to day in general dental practice. Yeah, which I guess you also learn so much from. I love it. I love meeting other people. I'm always asking questions and I feel inspired by other people as well. So for me, talking to people actually helps my learning. Uh, you learn a lot more from others, um, definitely. That's, that's yeah. Sure. And I remember in our conversation the other day, you spoke about transferable skills. And I frequently would think, oh, we're clinical. That's what we do. And it, it was difficult for me to step away from clinic. But can you expand on that for what transferable skills that you think were within you that you've then been able to take forward and utilise within your current role within Philips? Sure. I mean, 
we've got such great communication skills. We've got such great um, skills of organization as well. We're really, hygienists and therapists are, are people people. We ha we're stuck one-to-one -one in surgery with, with another person who's nervous, who's vulnerable. So we're very, very gender nice people. The end of the day, I, I have to agree. <laughs> yeah, we're biased though, aren't we? <laughs> oh, well, yes. <laughs> I mean, I have to manage my own diary, so I manage my appointments at the moment. I've got a lot more free reign with that, with with my Phillips role. So you need to be organised. You need to be focused, and we can do that within general practice. I mean, we're very good at, at, at managing to maintain and, and motivate people within a short period of time, mm -hmm. and actually communication skills and working with that. And you kind of forget. When you're in general practice, you just think that some people just turn into like a scaling machine. You're doing the same thing day in, day out. But you've got so many other skills, so many other things to offer people as well, um, which is fantastic. And they, we always say transferable skills and everyone's like, oh, well, what is that? And it's basically what you do yeah. every day when you communicate, you're organized, you're personable, all those kind of things. As yeah. Well. well, thank you so much for expanding on that, because. I think that is something for us to recognise maybe more, to realise the opportunities we have as professionals, maybe outside of a clinical setting, to still support the public's aura house. Which brings me on to my passion within aura house promotion is something that's obviously huge for me, doing what I do through speaking to admirable colleagues like yourself um, and sharing your stories through the podcast platform with others. Um, outside of the clinical setting, you are obviously involved within oral health promotion within Philips. Um, how has that added to your fulfillment as still a dental hygienist in general? Generally, I think it's because I've got such a wider reach now. I mean, I felt one-to-one -one with my patients and my practice who I'd had for many years. I kind of felt I'd done all that I, not all I could for them, but they probably got bored to the end of how much. There was only a small group that I could reach. Whereas being out with Phillips, being out on the road, meeting the public, meeting um, other dental professionals, I've got a much wider reach with my oral health promotion. So I can spread that message a little bit further um as well and reach a lot more people which yeah. has been really rewarding actually for me um and bringing that positive message around dentistry there's a lot of negativity around being told off and or health promotion but at the end of the day we want to help people and we want to help people improve their lives and that is one of the big messages that phillips as well for a company they want to improve people's lives through the use of technology and innovation so by spreading that message and getting out there and having a wider reach for me oral health promotion has become so much more as well. Yeah. What advice would you give to other clinicians maybe thinking about working outside of clinic today? Do it. Do <laughs> it. Do it. <laughs> no, um, basically just reach out and just sort of test the waters. Maybe you still obviously keep your clinical role and offer to write maybe articles or do features or little videos or promotion just to kind of show people there's a face to what we're doing. I mean, obviously, if you're not digitally minded, then just talk to people, volunteer, maybe join your society. I mean, we at BSDHT, we love to have people come and help us with our with our meetings. So come and join us and, and meet other individuals. And networking is key. It's amazing how many opportunities arise just by talking to people and telling them what you do. Um, and that really resonates and it hits home. It's, it's been fantastic. It's so true. And for us, 
in this moment of time now where we are in isolation, what advice would you give to listeners in maybe getting involved in oral health promotion now? You said about obviously get out, network. It's amazing, isn't it? How we're able to communicate still by being at home at the moment. But what advice do you feel that are opportunities for clinicians to get involved in oral health promotion whilst being at home? Well, I think obviously we're not we're at home, we're not seeing our patients, we're not using our skills at the moment, but there is still time to kind of improve yourself and do other things. So like I said before, create sort of um, videos or content or articles. We're all on social media. Um, I go on the Dental Hygienist and Therapist Forum quite a lot and see we've all got quite a lot to say. <laughs> um, so share things, share things with your neighbours, share things. Obviously, I know we're not sort of having face-to-face content, but just kind of get out there and, and just see how people are getting on. Um, I know, for example, one of the big dental corporates have just been making up little packs of oral health promotion, so toothpaste and toothbrushes and stuff like that and samples and just sort of donating to other people. So it's just spreading the message and just letting everyone know that we're here for each other. Um, maybe even giving patients, um, friends, obviously via the virtual world, not face-to-face, just tips on how to look after themselves when they're feeling quite vulnerable, when you're stressed, when you're at home and your routine's gone out the window and just how to improve your oral hygiene so that when it comes back to when we are all back in clinic, which we will be, um, it won't have actually deteriorated too much. (laughs) Carry over for us, I'm sure, when we come back. Wow, I think we're going to have a lot of work. Well, clinicians are, aren't they? Enjoy the the downtime, definitely. (laughs) Make the most of it. Look after your body, like you said. And you mentioned there's an article coming out for us to all look out for. Um, Yeah, I've just literally um, been signed off. So I'm waiting. As soon as I know where it's going to be published, I'm sure it will be in one of the the FMC publications. So maybe dentistry or or online. I'll let everyone know. I'll share it. It's just a little quite lighthearted look um, at the situation at the moment. Like I said, I am so privileged to actually have an employed job. I just feel so happy and relaxed that I actually don't have to worry about that as well. But it's just me kind of giving a little overview and just some tips on what you can do while you're in in lockdown as such. But um, yeah, reading is my biggest thing. I love reading. I love learning. So read something that you haven't, we never get time in general practice to do anything. Literally, we're rushing around with some surgery. We hardly even get time to go to the toilet or have a cup of tea. So use this time to actually sit down and reflect and then when you come back, when we're back in practice in a, in a few weeks or a few months, that we are better as clinicians and we're prepared and we're rested and we're ready to go again. Mm. Yeah, I love what you said, yeah, reflect, because maybe write down even a kind of wish list or things that maybe you'd like to softly change. Is yeah. with, you know, Shopping return. list. Shopping list. <laughs> Shopping list for your principal. These are the, this is the stuff. <laughs> brilliant I'm sure lots of the (laughs) listeners have got many ideas (laughs) I've actually started journaling and I know I never I used to keep a diary when I was younger but I just got a really simple journal which sort of like um five-step journal and you just jot down in the morning when you wake up I'm always get I just get on my phone straight away and just have a look at what's been going on which is not very very good for, for your mental health or well-being just look at worrying news so I've started journaling and just three goals that I want to achieve today um obviously they're at, I'm at home so I'm not really achieving an awful lot but just read something or step outside for some fresh air but and then reflect in the evening which with our personal development as well, with our um, CPD requirements, we are being basically inspired and we need to reflect on, on ourselves. And the only way you can grow is to look back and 
it's quite difficult to reflect on yourself and be critical, but you're not going to improve unless you actually look back at, at how you could have done things better. Yeah, and I love your idea now of what you're doing now in isolation, writing a journal or just journaling when you get up in the morning. Yeah, if only you could see my daily goals. <laughs> <laughs> Get dressed is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, you're making me laugh. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, regardless, I mean, yeah, having a schedule is key at the moment, I feel. Planning at least your day really, really helps because there's no real defined end in sight at the moment. So we need I mean, to we are always... creatures of habit, aren't we? Yeah. We are, like, especially hygienists and therapists. Our whole day is mapped for us. Every single half an hour or 45 minutes, however long you get for patients, yeah. You know exactly what you're doing. So yeah. to go from that to go from really not knowing what's going on and all the other financial and emotional worries that you've got as well, just a little bit of structure, um, yeah. it just helps, definitely. Oh, definitely, Laura. And we, we're coming to the end of your podcast now, but I just want to ask you, what do you know now that you wish you'd known before? Oh, that's a really difficult question. So much. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. much. Um, do you know what? I know the value of myself and the value of our profession. It was always kind of, I hate the word when people say you're just a hygienist or you're just a therapist. We are so much more than that. And I think, I wish I'd known that back in that sort of 2005 when that dentist said, oh, you've left this calculus behind um, and basically made me feel mortified and upset about that. But we do so much more. We're more than just hygienists. We've got so much to offer the profession, the public with our skills of promotion and just kindness and compassion as well. Mm. So yeah, no, no I've, my value, definitely. My value has, has increased tenfold for sure. Oh, well, Laura, thank you so much. But just before we end the podcast is the Smart Revolution Fire Round. Oh, <laughs> where would you like to see the profession five years from now? And how would you like to contribute to that? Definitely, maybe ruling the world, ruling the world of dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really would love to see the profession being recognised more. Um, unfortunately, I think in these, these sad times at the moment, we will be recognised more because the news are talking about us, um, even through sort of negative ways. People will know about hygienists and I'd love to be part of that, that kind of like role of actually promoting the profession and just letting the public know that we are here. We're clinicians in our own right. We are individual professionals. We can help you. Um, so, yeah, definitely promoting the profession as a whole um, is my goal. In five years' time, I want to see us maybe... Um, the exemptions will have been lifted so we can actually deliver local anaesthetic again and stuff like that and just putting us at the forefront of oral health promotion definitely and just just making our presence known a lot more sure. yeah oh laura it's been such a pleasure and so much fun interviewing you so I'm sad it's over oh, oh, we may have to do another one yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show and have a good day thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode please share it rate it and leave a review please email me on info at smile-revolution.net i can't wait to learn how this recording has impacted you and lastly don't forget to like subscribe and follow smile revolution on social media for more content please engage in the comments section i will read all and respond to as many as possible 
The podcast audio is available on all major platforms and video content on the podcast can now be found on the Smart Revolution YouTube channel. To stay up to date on all Smart Revolution projects, subscribe to the Smart Revolution newsletter by emailing info at smile-revolution.net stating subscribe to newsletter. Thanks for joining me and being part of the Smile Revolution.